This is Amateur Logic Episode 83 for October 15th, 2015, our 10th anniversary. This episode of Amateur Logic was brought to you by MFJ, the world leaders in ham radio accessories at mfjenterprises.com, and by ICOM, making DX local. Hi, welcome to Amateur Logic TV, episode 83. I'm George. I'm Tommy. I'm Jim. And I'm Peter. Uh, it's great to be back with you tonight for the 10th anniversary extravaganza. All right. It's hard to believe it's been 10 years. Boy, it is. And look who we got with us tonight. Glad to be here. One of the founding members of Amateur Logic, Jim Burrell in 5SPE. Jim, what have you been up to? Woo! Uh, just a whole lot. Mostly uh, a lot of computer programming, software. It's eating yep. the world, and it's been eating up all my time. <laughs> wow. It can do that. Yeah, it that's can. Some, that's some fun stuff. Yeah, it is. It's yeah. great to be back, though. It's good to see you guys, you two guys, and then Peter from yep. down mm-hmm. under. And a little later in the show, we're going to get out the step ladders and a straw and get into, where are they? I can't. Right here. They're over there. They're behind Tommy. <laughs> yeah, I'm hoarding it's, them. I'm hoarding them over here. You know, it's hard to point to things in here when Peter's right there and he <laughs> just swallows your arm right up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, wait a minute. <laughs> oh, cool. No, it. Boy, what a fun uh, ten years, huh? Uh, it, yeah, it's I mean, amazing. Ten years goes by. I want to propose a toast? Ten yeah, years. Man. Here's to the, here's nice. to the next ten. You guys are doing it big, cheers. Peter. Cheers, yeah, Peter. Cheers. <laughs> your radio's up. Yeah, that was your radio. <laughs> this is a ham show. Yeah, now, here's a, a question ham. for you guys. Is that the same grape juice that you were using 10 years ago? And has it fermented a bit by now? Well, you know, we had actually planned on doing a joke with that, but... Uh, <laughs> that's it's too late, Jim. That, that's, you know, <laughs> what you that's a good question. It's uh, uh, that vintage. What year is that, George? <laughs> I'm not sure exactly. Let's see. It expires in July of 16. <laughs> there you go. We you we go. could not get Welch's in a can. Ah, so, you actually can't get it so in a can. can How are you going to make a canton out of that? I don't know, man. <laughs> I don't know, but I tried two different places, and I couldn't come up with the could, can of it. We could wrap it in aluminum foil, I guess. I guess so. I think. wonder what wavelength that is. I'm not sure, but I think maybe the FCC had the other stuff banned. <laughs> oh, yeah. I like it. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, anyway, I don't remember what episode that was. Maybe three? Something like that. It was that. one of the yeah. very early Yeah, well, it was three. Yeah. I'm, I'm sure of it. Yeah. There was a lot of... Uh, 
a lot of folks introduced their video their video podcast back then with uh you know drinking 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 mm-hmm. beer drinking wine whatever that and we don't have that clip do we tommy uh that one we don't have we don't have yeah. we have plenty of others but we don't have that one well yeah we do have a lot of clips here tonight for you um but l- let me say this before we get into it 10 years of amateur logic 83 plus episodes because there were some shows we did that didn't get an episode number. They were we, just we took a long vacation, like uh, some summer, five six month vacation there for a while. Yeah, like a couple of years in a row, I think. So we've done so many hours of video that there's no way we could have a clip from every one of the episodes tonight. We tried it for the seventh anniversary, and it ended up having to be two shows. It was so long. <laughs> so we want to recommend that you go back, and I don't remember the episode number, but um, the seventh anniversary episode of Amateur Logic. I believe that might be 75. It might be 75. <clears throat> no, it's not. It's not 75. They'll find it. Yep. The seventh anniversary of Amateur Logic, there's two episodes there. Go back and watch those, and you're going to see a lot of other clips that uh, we're not going to be able to show tonight. Or, or you could go back and start at number one and watch them all from scratch People if you're feeling that. if you're feeling pretty brave. Yeah, People have done that and come out on the other side. <laughs> no. Yeah. That's, that's hard to believe. Yeah. We don't encourage it, but, you know. Uh, at least don't watch them and then drive. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. We, we did not know what we were doing. No. And, uh, Tommy, I don't know what's in this first clip here. Do we want to watch that before we talk about it? Yeah, it's just kind of, uh, it's kind of a, the first one, just some, some snippets oh. of it. And it shows the three of us, and we were a lot younger then. And <laughs> we looked, looked quite a bit different. Huh. I see that, yeah. Sounds interesting. We're here in Jackson, Mississippi. In the woods at a Wi-Fi site that's serving a subdivision here, and we're talking with Jim Burell, who's Howdy. one of the proprietors of this business, and he's going to show us what's at a typical Wi-Fi site like this. Tell us a little bit of what we're going to see here. Well, we're going to see a basic Wi-Fi cell or base site. It's uh, composed of just two or three main components and a few little accessories. This is the guy wires and anchors Correct. for the tower? Three anchors. Four guy wires, each anchor 120 degrees apart. Now, we are here in Mississippi, and there's a hurricane approaching <laughs> as we speak. Uh, it's expected to make landfall in the next couple of days, but that uh, won't bother us here. But now everyone has heard about Hurricane Katrina and the damage and destruction that it caused across the Louisiana, Mississippi, and Alabama Gulf Coast. We're about 150 miles inland from the coast. Here in the Jackson, Mississippi area, Katrina was still a Category 2 hurricane. That's right. The main problems we experienced here were widespread power outages, telephone and cell phone outages, loss of internet connectivity, and a severe gasoline shortage. Yeah, if you don't have any electricity, how are you going to pump gas? That's true. Also, most of the evacuees that came up here from the from the coast and from the New Orleans area came on empty tanks. That's also correct. Food was also in short supply, and we're just now starting to get reserves. Well, we want to focus on electricity today. 
without electricity, things can get a little bit tough. Yeah, that's why we want to give you a few pointers on best how to deal with it. About that. Oh man! Oh man! Yeah, it's pretty crazy. Huh? <laughs> oh, I like that tagline though. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I thought it was good. Zeno's yeah. uh, beard, boy. Yeah, yeah, man, I'd kind of forgotten about that. George's that's ponytail. Back, that's back when yeah. it wasn't white. <laughs> that was back in the the hair uh, days. Yeah, Whew. ponytail days. Wow, yeah. that that was um, well. That was ten years ago. Wi-Fi distribution service. Um, uh, Jimmy, or, or the cell tower? Yes, yes. Oh, and what was your question, Peter? I did not hear well, the Well, the business you were running then, are you still running that? Uh, no, I'm no longer running that. Uh, at the time, we did. We provided wireless ISP services. I had a, I had a small, I think back then they called them WISPs, which mm -hmm. stood for Wireless Internet Service Providers. Wouldn't we, be too uh, practical these days to have that, would it? Yeah, well, no, you... Too much competition from yeah. LTE and all that good stuff. Yeah. yeah. You know, that was, boy, we, we didn't really know what we were doing. We were just trying That's something. That's right, yeah. It was more of an experiment than anything else. I, yeah, I watched some video podcasts, and I called these two guys up, and I said, hey, go watch some of these shows. I think we could do this, and somebody <laughs> probably watch it. So, and... <laughs> Yeah. Apparently y'all did. Apparently somebody is. <laughs> Worked out that way, did it? Yeah. Uh, yeah. And what, what's amazing is that uh, over the years since um, uh, since the show started is the sort of all the different people you've met and the avenues it's opened up, like, for example, Ham Nation. Oh, yeah. That's right. Uh, Bob Hall and Gordo. I, I noticed in the chat room here a minute ago uh, there was a guy that uh, I would like to have with us tonight, Emil um I can't, is it N5K, what was no, it called? KE5. KE5, QKR. Yeah. Aura. That's it. Yeah. Email was in there with us for a number of episodes. Yeah. As a matter of fact, on the intro for Amateur Logic Now, you'll see a uh, a valve on a PVC pipe, and I think that was from email segment mm -hmm. where he mailed made yeah. the, um, yeah, Emil, he's the one that took out the lights at the Super Bowl down he in New is. Orleans, isn't it? Yes. And he fired up his uh, amplifier. It was. <laughs> yep. Remember that? that I was, remember so that. was that. In one of the segments. That, that was one of the classics. <laughs> yeah, sure. it was great. But, uh, yeah, so there you go. We had the cheapest cameras we could find, and, um, <laughs> and these and weren't scared to use them. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> cheapest cameras and weren't scared to use weren't them. And decided we could do a... Nobody told us we couldn't do one. Right. So. Right. Yeah. You know, honestly, we did that first one, and it, it was fun. And I'm like, yeah, well, it would be a miracle if we do another one. <laughs> and now here we are 10 years later, and they're still going. 10 yeah. years. Wow. And, and people are still watching. So, so, you know, I mean, obviously there's nothing to watch on regular TV anymore. Apparently. I'll fall off the truth. Uh, yeah, it really is. Oh. Well, let's let's move forward in history just a little bit now. I don't remember the number of this next episode. I think you may have it over there, Tommy. That what? was on episode 11. 
And when when was this one? Uh, that was uh, December of 06. Let's see what was going on then. Welcome to Let's See What Crazy Jim Can Come Up With Next. Uh, this is a little something that I saw and actually heard on the uh, QRP reflector echo node link uh, QRP-L, I think. What we're talking about doing here is taking this propane torch that you see, firing it up, putting it to the back of this printed circuit board that has a lot of capacitors, resistors, inductors, what have you, and heating up the back really good. No, our, our thought there is we're going to bang it into this box and uh, maybe not sling anything into the camera lens that way or onto my legs. Uh, I'm wearing shorts today. You can't really tell. At least uh, they're kind of stuck up under the table right now, so maybe they'll be okay. Heat things as evenly as possible. <laughs> over the back and that's one reason we started off with a small board. <laughs> Maybe if we add a little more flame. I don't mind telling you I'm a little bit nervous when it comes to the thunking against the box part. Okay, I, I see some parts that are really loose. Oh yeah! Voltage regulators, power resistors. Yeah! Transistors? Okay, he really tried to get me. <laughs> Came down right in the chair there. Small pieces stay hot for quite a while. And so you can just really pull those right out of there. Whoa, okay. Uh, try not to hit your, uh, your propane torch. <laughs> That was smooth, man. You never missed a beat. Never, oh. never missed a beat. Oh. Did those scars Ooh. finally go away? <laughs> we always need to preface that one with a, ladies and gentlemen, do not try this at home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, I was going to. let Jimmy try this at home. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You know, try. I was going to suggest we all brought torches and did a fireworks salute, but George wouldn't let us bring no. them into his shop here. There's <laughs> too, too much, we're too strapped in. Yeah. In it, case anything. We're there's having. too much stuff between us and the door. Yeah. You know, now we know that, that there are much safer ways to do parts recovery, and uh, not the least of which are uh, toaster ovens. And that was a lot more memorable, memorable <laughs> yeah. than a toaster oven. Yeah, though. we got much more mileage out of this than than we ever would have something like no, that. It was, it was fantastic. Uh, I I, uh, I did have a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, did we, have a lot of fun did. doing that. We all had a lot of fun with that one, no doubt. Uh, you know, you you would just be. I don't guess you guys would be surprised, but I I was really surprised at the number of people who. Not only saw it, but you know, would ask you about it. Mm -hmm. Ask you about, hey, there, you, know, you yeah. still got that torch? <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> oh wow. yeah, I actually do still have that same torch. <laughs> well, we've done a lot of things over over the years since mm. well, ten years. We've been to Dayton a few times, but mm. 
You and Tommy made the first trip out there. Yeah, yeah. we did. Yeah. That was fun. Well, man. from our little group anyway. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. From our yeah. little group. Yeah. Had, <laughs> had you been out there before that? I can't remember. No, no that, so was that, that was trip your first trip well. too. Yeah. 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 Y'all brought that was a, a lot little, of fun. A little footage from that. I had to we go did. after him. After yeah. I saw this right here. Okay. Good morning. It's Friday. What is today? I'm a little excited. May the 18th, Friday morning, currently 9.09 a.m. local, Dayton, Ohio time. And we're here live broadcasting from the Dayton Hamvention International. Tommy, we're still out here at Dayton Hamvention, and uh, we ran into Bob here, W7KU. He puts new meaning to the portable, portable operator. Uh, tell us about your equipment, Bob. Well, I've got a Yaesu FT817 and a little uh, MFJ uh, mini tuner and a 35-watt amplifier. And my antenna is uh, parts from the buddy pole antenna line, but never used the way they're originally intended. I've got it center loaded and a big capacity hat on the top, which really makes it really efficient, more efficient than it would be. Well, you know, I couldn't go to Dayton myself, so um, I checked around the Internet, and I came across the website of WA5KUB, Tom, out of Memphis, who streams his trip to Dayton every year, and he also streams video once he gets there at Dayton. And, uh, you know, I was watching that thing one day there during the uh, convention, and I saw these two weird-looking characters come up. They looked vaguely familiar to me. <laughs> yeah, you know, we actually ran into him and did an interview with him. His name's Tom. He's a really nice guy, WA5KUB. Yeah, let's have a look at that. We're still out at Dayton Hamvention, and uh, a lot of you that have checked the coverage on the Internet may have seen uh, Tom's link, WA5KUB.com, on the Hamvention site. He's been streaming his trip all the way up here, I believe, from Memphis. Isn't that right? Yeah, that's right. Uh, 550 miles, we were able to stream it uh, the whole trip. Can you tell us about the equipment and what you're using for connectivity here? Yeah, we're using uh, the... Uh, wireless service that you can get at about any provider like Sprint or, or Verizon. It's the uh, EVDO. We, uh, we take a, a, our stream from our, our encoder here on the laptop. We send it back to a server that we have in Miami. And then that server is on the Internet. And then we have a much larger connection to the Internet so we can serve uh, a lot more people. Well, I appreciate you taking the time to talk to us, and hopefully we'll see you out here again next year. Well, you're welcome. Thank you very much. Tom looks a little younger there than he does now, yeah. too. <laughs> you, we all look a little we, younger We there. all do. Yeah. Well, Tommy was l looking really young there, wasn't he? Yeah, yeah. I was really young. <laughs> <laughs> That's been a long time, man. Uh, you just you. got Let's your see. driver's license. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. yeah, I had to get my mom to drive me over there and drop me off. <laughs> when was that? That was June of 07? Yeah. Wow. <clears throat> Going back a ways. First trip to Dayton. Going back a ways. That was a great time. Yeah, yeah. we did. We met that guy from uh, 2600. Yeah, yeah. Remember that? Alt yeah, 2600? Man Emmanuel Goldstein. Yeah. I remember seeing him on 60 Minutes before. I mean, yeah, when, you're when, you, when you start talking hackers in yeah. the hacker world, I mean, that guy was like... You may as well hit me, man. Premier uh, black Thanks. hat scene yeah. hacker. He's uh, one of the first. He's one of the ones that cracked that uh, DECSS, whatever it was, encryption yeah. for DVDs. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that, guy, that guy's done some. He, uh, yeah, maybe I shouldn't say that, but yeah. Let's just say that. Uh, 
Yeah. Is that a bounty? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, <clears throat> kind of tied in here. I, yeah, I can't get up there to get to the paper towels. You know, I've lo- I actually looked just out of curiosity just to see if they were out there. The other times I went after that, I never did see them out there. Again. Really? At the, at the ham fest? Yeah. 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 Hmm. yeah. I was kind of surprised to see them out there. Uh, yeah. How many hours drive is it from um, from uh, Jackson up to Dayton? Yeah, we we flew, but we did check, and it was like eleven hours. Yes, about that. Eleven hours, yeah. Mm-hmm. Eleven hour drive. How far so a drive would it be for you, Peter? <laughs> oh, a little bit, uh, a little bit further, but the trick would be getting it across the pond. Getting the car across. <laughs> they they don't have ferries. They don't. They don't have um, not across the Pacific Ocean. No, no, don't you? no? okay. <laughs> that sounds like a business opportunity. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. Business opportunity, right there. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, that was Dayton, and we've been to Dayton a few times since then. Since then, we also have done field day a few times. We have. Oh boy! But one of the most memorable field days was probably the first one that we captured portions of it on video. I don't know. Do yeah. you do you remember anything about that, Jim? Now, the first field day that we recorded, was that when we camped out in the tents up... No. Uh, Today is field day. And if you're a radio amateur, you know what that means. Operate from things such as emergency power. In fact, as if it were an emergency situation. That's just one thing you can do on field day. I think we can do that. It's 3.22 p.m. local time, central daylight time here in Mississippi. And I haven't done a thing yet for field day. I don't have anything set up. I think if I get started now, I can have all that set up and going and be on the air inside an hour. Ready to give it a go? Let's see about... affixing the antenna to the mast. Hook it in a hole at the top of the mast. Let's see how that works. Of course, anytime you're raising any kind of antenna structure, now then, Whoop. If my mic is still working. If uh if you're looking for where to tie off the wires, <laughs> make sure that each step you take around the pool is actually on the ground and not over the pool. Okay, again, I I stand by the same comment I had before. You were pretty smooth. Even after hitting the water, you just walked right out of there. Never never missed a beat. Yeah. Never never missed a beat. You did look a little cold, though. Uh, And, of course, pools make a very good ground system. Yeah. That's right, Peter. Yeah. That was classic. That that was a lot of fun. That was. But, you know, that's. That's not the only classic moment we've had in ten years. You know, every every now and then we just we do something that the audience is really not expecting. <laughs> yeah, sometimes we do some things we're not expecting. Now the FM nine hundred is tough.
seriously tough. To demonstrate how strong the FM900 is, our guest is going to drive over it in the heaviest four-cylinder car known to mankind, the Toyota Camry. For legal reasons, we can't say that that, that was the Stig. That was the mystery guest, um, uh, I forget what it was called, but the mystery guest uh, whose identity is unknown. So uh, it could have been the Stig, but then again, who, then again. we can't be sure because we don't really know who the Stig is. That's right. That, that's very, very true. Yeah. yeah. That was classic work does, right there, though. It does, <laughs> yeah, it does actually open up the possibility of a, uh, a new show. Uh, similar to Top Gear, we could have Radio Gear. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Uh, yeah. I think I the Stig's it. available right now, too. I think so, yeah. Exactly. yeah. probably out of work at the moment, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that was a lot of fun to make. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that particular segment, yep. And now with the great. price of uh, the Chinese radios, you could afford to produce a show like <laughs> yeah. this. Almost weekly, yes. you can run over a hundred of them. True. <laughs> yeah. Those uh, FM nine hundreds though are a dime a dozen. You can pick them up very cheaply, like five dollars each, at uh, our local swap meets, and uh, they're very, very tough. I see that. Yeah, yeah. I've, a lot of them get, tough, They were yeah. commercial radios, and people convert them over to either two meters or seventy centimeters, and they're they're not that hard to convert. Yeah. Yeah, it's kind of like the Motorola units around here. Mm-hmm. We've got to remember, though, with all our wild animals and dang- how dangerous it, is, dangerous it is here in Australia, everything's got to be ten times tougher. Ah, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> yeah. Including the stakes? Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> we, we won't talk about stakes. <laughs> but, uh, but, uh, no, we don't want to go near, near the stakes. They're all poisonous. State, S-T-E-A-K. Oh, steaks. Steaks <laughs> oh, aren't bad. Yeah, okay. They're edible. Yeah. Well, yeah. we had Jim's memorable field a scene there a moment ago, but that's not the only fun we've had on field day. We've, oh. We've done it three <laughs> times. We went out in the woods to Shrock, Mississippi, way off the grid, <laughs> and, you know, just took the bare essentials that you would need to do a field. I don't day. know if I'd call it the bare essentials. Because we had like three pickup loads full of stuff, man. Well, the bare essentials plus just a little bit of spares. A little, yeah. a little extra. Yeah. Oh, yeah, let's have a look. We wanted to invite you to our field day extravaganza. Yep. <laughs> Believe it or not, we're going to the woods. And I mean in the woods. Deep uh, in seriously. the woods. Yeah. Serious woods. The wilds of Mississippi. Off the grid. Jim's got the potato shooter here. And his special fuel. Special fuel is Aquanet. Use this for all your potato gun needs. Much more success. Did you see how far I cast that apple with his fishing pole? Tommy's working 20 meter sideband and Jim's working 40 meter CW. And we've set ourselves a goal for the number of contacts we're going to make, which is incredibly low compared to the clubs and all, but you know, this is our first year.
Well, the first one didn't work out too well. It didn't go far enough over the limb to drape down where we could reach it. I think we got a good one. It's kind of like, it's a good thing because it's kind of like Barney Fife. We only got one bullet. Well, it's 10 p.m. Central Time. You can hear the crickets and the generator running. And the things are going better now. We are starting to pick up a few more contacts. Uh, we're working uh, 20 meters. Tommy's got PSK going. Wayne has been working some uh, 80 meter single side band. And he's uh, just worked W1AW slash 3. I've been working on 40 meters and just switched over to 15. And 15 seems to be a pretty good band for me on this mystery antenna. A few years ago when we were in the woods, we were still operating out of your single canopy there, the screening uh -huh. canopy, which, you know, always worked good for us. It was kind of warm. Yeah. We actually had an apartment this time. We pretty much did, didn't we? Yeah. issue with accuracy and the slingshot this year we managed to get several pieces of lead hung in the trees and we lost about a half a tackle box full of fishing weights so underneath this beautiful uh, uh, piece of uh, architecture we have uh, two awnings set up Wayne had a big tarp so we, he came up with the idea to string it up and, and drape it across the top of them which that helped to keep the shade off Keep limbs from falling on them, and if it rained, it gave us a little extra protection. We got an air conditioner going through over here where we cut a little hole, and uh, Wayne had a little 5,000 BTU window unit he brought sitting on a milk crate over there to keep it off the ground. And the generator's still happily purring along up there in the rain. We've got these nice-looking little vines here that are growing on the trees and on the ground. Maybe we can figure out what those are. Oh, man, you guys had it made. Oh, man, it was like, oh. you know, staying in Trump Plaza or something. <laughs> the, the last year was a lot more comfortable than that yeah, first, first year we year. were out there. Uh, got May the AC. Maybe not as comfortable as when you got to take a dip in the pool. <laughs> what was that, Peter? Uh, lots of mosquitoes out there. Oh, uh, plenty. Yes, sir. Actually, this year were... wasn't that bad. The first year, I remember them being bad. The, the year yeah. Jim was there. But last year, for some reason, they didn't seem they to be too bad. They flocked to me. I don't hmm. know why. Yeah. What about gators? Gators. There's no gators in the woods, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> we, we're, well, you, yeah. you hope so. I hope not. <laughs> no, they're not. not. No, they're not. There was no swamps around there. So. Uh, yeah. There are a lot of squirrels. Oh, oh, plenty of yes. squirrels. Yeah. And but, they, they will eat your feed line up, too. Jim, you're going to have to come to field day with us again. Now that you see, we've kind of got got the flow down. Yeah. And, yeah. and we really could use someone with a potato gun. That slingshot, man, I got bursitis yeah, the, after. Yeah, the slingshot did seem to be the weak link. In, in it this. was. <laughs> it was. Yeah, I'm liking that AC now. Yeah, that's it. We probably spent more time trying to put the antennas up than we did anything. Yeah. So, 
That can be the that can be the tough part of the job, all right. Yeah, I've got one more little clip here that uh, came from Dayton. You know, we always are looking for those special treasures that you can find. Sometimes they're they're hidden under the tables in the boxes there. You know that, that people have at Dayton. I think Tommy found this though, probably on top of the counter. Somewhere in here, I have some gold. PL 259s, the mother load. And you're going to make a ring out of those, or was it going to be a necklace? Uh, both. Both. I'll make a nose ring out of one. <laughs> we, we found the, the blooper. That might be going just a tad too far. Yeah. Uh, are you just going to screw it in? <laughs> And I'm still going to do that. I'm still going to do that. I can't find anybody to sit still long enough for me to solder the thing on it, man. They will, everybody wants to move. Oh. Let's see. This was in 2012. Yeah. So it's only been like three years. Yeah, it's about time. <laughs> oh. Awesome. Everybody well, needs some gold PL-259s. Yeah, I got tickled at my own self, man. Yeah. Yep. Sometimes you have those moments, don't you? <laughs> I don't even well, know where it came from. It just kind of came out. Just, it did. Just kind of came I out. I was standing there. Just I saw it happen. <laughs> <laughs> well, I tell you oh. what. We need to take a break for just a minute, and then we're going to come back, and we're going to have some fun. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Sounds good. Do you want to get on ham radio but live in an apartment, condominium, or other antenna-restricted area? Well, the MFJ 2389 Ultra Compact 8-Band Vertical Antenna may be your answer. You get eight poplar bands in one 8.5-foot-tall antenna. It's one-quarter wave on HF, 80 through 6 meters, one-half wave and 2.15 dBi gain on 2 meters, and 5H wave with 5.5 dBi gain on 70 centimeters. SWR is 1.5 to 1 or less, and it handles 200 watts PEP single sideband and 150 watts on 6 meters through 70 centimeters on FM. The super lightweight MFJ 2389 antenna is less than 6 pounds and just 8.5 feet tall. It lets you mount in a restricted space environment like an attic or balcony. The ground radial system is built in so there's no fooling with counterpoise wires. This antenna includes 80, 40, 20, 15, 10, 6, 2 meters, and 70 centimeter bands in a compact and user-defined configuration. The MFJ2389 has an SO239 feed point connection and comes with everything including mounting brackets, U-bolts, and hardware for easy installation. Each HF band and 6 meters has its own independent tuned radiator and radial system, while the main antenna mask itself is pre-tuned for operations on 2 meters and 70 centimeters. The 2389 makes a great portable and temporary antenna as well. Visit MFJEnterprises.com today to learn more about the MFJ2389 8-band compact vertical antenna. Over the years, we've spent a lot of time perfecting our video-making hobby, 
I was going to say craft, but you can't really call it that. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, you know, we decided, I don't even remember when, when was this one, Tommy? We decided that we were going to show the making of Amateur Logic. April of 2013. And ah. it's, it's changed a little bit since then, but let's take a look at what it was like back in 2013. Today's the day we shoot episode 50. I'm on my way to George's right now so we can shoot it, and I thought I'd get a little behind-the-scenes footage for you guys while we're at it. <laughs> to communicate with Emil and with Peter, we've been using Skype and recording the streams. Because of bandwidth constraints, we usually do Emil first, and then we'll play that back in context through the rest of the show while we have a live feed from Peter going at the same time with us. We're sitting way back here at the other end of the building. And for me, there's a monitor between me and Emil. Tommy may see him out of the corner there. I can see him a little bit. But uh, Emil will get a camera and do it the right way. Yes. Okay, so we got to put our headphones in so that we can actually hear what Emil is saying. This is how we get the audio together. We've got uh, our microphones running here. Uh, we've also got a feed coming from the computer that uh, gives us Skype into here so that we can mix in through the monitor circuit here. And I can see he's actually right here. So we've got a little bit of him feeding the camera, and on the monitor we're feeding a little bit back that goes to the earbuds so that we can hear what's going on. And we're feeding him from the monitor as well, so we've got ourselves up a little bit in there. So all the uh, slide pots here, that's what's feeding the camera. And the monitor row here is what feeds the monitors that we're listening to as as we're shooting. For cameras, we have four. We have two Canon HF M40s and two Canon HF G10s, but we typically shoot with the three you see here now. The 240s are pointed at George and myself for, for the isolated shots, and then we use the G10 for the wide shot that you normally see with us together. Since George has changed his shop and built the green screen that you've seen throughout the video, we have a lot of flexibility. We can put up pretty much any background we want. Normally you see this one that looks kind of like a vent for a piece of gear, but we can put other things back there and take the show where no one's ever gone before. Some of these, I, d I really don't remember that well, Tommy. I, I think we have gone thing. where no one's ever gone before. Oh, I know we have. Yeah. Yeah. And where no one will ever go again. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I know that uh, first. Yeah, that's the second oblique uh, Star Trek reference in the show so far. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a we're, we're all closet trekkies, aren't we? Oh, oh indeed. I'm, I'm not closet, man. I'm just like, I'm, <laughs> Tommy, I love Star Trek. Tommy came out of the closet quite a while back. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, 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 what were we talking about so, before that? <laughs> so looking at that, that little clip right there, Jim. Yes. It has changed quite a bit Just since 2013. Just a lot. Oh, man. I'm telling you. Steve over in the chat room is asking, have you ever used a script? In episode one, yeah. we used a script. Yeah, and, and if you go back and watch episode one, you'll see why we don't use the script in the teleprompter anymore. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yep. It comes out too stilted. Um, you, you can actually, you sound like you're reading from a, a script. And yeah. It just doesn't work. I don't even know that it qualifies for that. That's being kind of kind. <laughs> <laughs> well, what are we looking at next, guys? Well, you know, we, we saw your trip to uh, 
Dayton a little earlier. We've got another trip we made to Dayton in 2013, and by then, Amtrologic was starting to get a little recognition around, and um, I received a nice award from Dayton Hamvention oh, that yeah. year. Boy, it's it's in there on my mantle right now. My wife won't let me keep it out here in the shack, so it must not have been a leg lamp. No, it was not the leg lamp. We we do have the leg lamp out every Christmas, yeah. but you know, there again, she won't let me have a big one, so I've got you Just know the little, little mini uh, leg lamp. Little mini one, yeah. Next, I'd like to bring up a familiar face in amateur radio, and we have with us George. Kind of brings a tear to my eye every time I think about it. Man, I was nervous standing yeah. up there. Yeah, that's a, that was a pretty big honor. It was. It Very was big honor. Look, well deserved. You didn't look. Uh, you didn't look nervous, George. Um, pretty much every time I see you up in front of people or up in front of the camera, uh, your broadcasting experience comes through, and you just look very polished. Yeah. No, <laughs> not really. Uh, no, it was. It it was quite an honor. I really appreciate uh, them giving me that award. And like I say, without the help of all of you, you guys, you know, I wouldn't be doing this. And um, well, it's a team effort, no yeah. doubt. But but mm-hmm. you are the tip of the spear, and so you deserve that. Well, yeah. Well, because you're you're hold, hosting multiple programs, but not only that, you're actually doing a lot in the production side as well which is really, really important. That's right. Yeah, it, it takes a, a lot of time and effort, but, it you know, it's an effort of love or, or fun, maybe. You know, I just enjoy doing it. And, you know, it's it's sort of like, how, how would we say it? Here, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> the famous last words. Yeah. Oh. Well, while we were in Dayton... Mm. This this next one, Jim, you weren't with us on this trip, but it it is probably one of the best video productions or most polished ones that we ever did. Yeah, it, it's some of the best work for yeah. sure. 
it, it's not the funniest, but it you know there there really wasn't anything funny about this particular subject, or we would have found it. <laughs> but uh, no, we we had a great tour of the Voice of America. Oh let's, yeah, let's just take a quick look at that. At the outbreak of World War II, Axis powers dominated international shortwave radio transmissions. Correcting this deficiency soon became an urgent strategic priority articulated by FDR himself. Robert Sherwood and the Foreign Information Service directed that the first official American broadcast be made in 1941. This initiative ultimately became the Voice of America. Well, I'm talking with Dave Snyder here. Uh, a former employee of the Voice of America. Dave, you spent many years here, didn't you? Fourteen years. Fourteen years. And where are we standing right now? What What is this called? We're in the antenna switching matrix. Any one of our six broadcast transmitters could be connected to any of the 22 antennas via the switching matrix. So it's a gigantic telephone switchboard of 300-ohm balanced transmission line, 216 cross points out here for balanced transmission line. We happen to be at the junction of transmitter number 5 and antenna J2, the South America antenna. Taking it, this is Bethany number 6 transmitter? This is number 6 transmitter. This is just the front control panel of it. This is the diagnostic and metering panel. And basically, all of the nine servo amplifiers are in this cabinet, which run all the tuning. The driver amplifier is in here, and right directly behind the driver amplifier is the power amplifier. It consists of two tubes in parallel, four CV100 thousand C tetrodes, and those uh, are vapor cooled. So this is the Voice of America amateur radio station here. Is that a special club, or is this part of DARA, or, or what is it? No, it's the Westchester Amateur Radio Association. It's a unique club here at the Voice of America. And uh, our purpose is to support the museum and have a world-class operating station. Speaking of Mike, you know, he has created trouble around here before. <laughs> yeah, oh, you're talking about... Uh, a VE3MRC, yeah, that yeah, mic. Yeah. That mic. That mic. <laughs> matter of fact, I think we've got a little bit of evidence. Well, right now, let's bring our, our pal Mike back in here. And we're going to get on to some really... What everybody's been waiting for tonight, that uh, annual... AmateurLogic.tv holiday gift guide. Mike, come on in and uh, and just help us to understand these great products and how they're going to benefit mankind. Well, George, I I'm offering some interesting products. I think that uh, you know your typical ham would really like, like like the clap, for example. Yeah, what does the clap <laughs> do, Mike? <laughs> Well, the clap you can you can remotely turn on and off your HF rig, and uh, I believe it's uh, two claps to turn the HF rig on and off. And if you do three claps, it turns on and off that HF linear. Oh, okay, awesome. Ooh. Yeah, everybody, every ham needs one of those. What else have you got there <laughs> on page one, Mike? Well, we got the uh, the Uggy. You know, if you, you've spent all your home heating money on new ham equipment. Uh, the Uggy has you covered. Uh, you don't need heat with the with the Uggy. You just put one of those things on your 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 toasty warm. You're yeah. ready to uh, operate uh, all night and day. Yeah. Yeah. You can see how cozy they are. I yeah. mean, Tommy, you're you're just sitting a little too close for comfort there. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't move. <laughs> yeah. 
This is my favorite one, Mike. Can you tell us about the Crazy Jim Deluxe Kit? <laughs> sure thing. The burns is perfect for antenna raising parties or harvesting parts from scrap circuit boards. And it's only twenty nine ninety five. Yeah, that, that. quantities are actually uh, running a little low on stock, so you better get them now before they're gone. Because once they're gone, they're gone. This one, Mike, um, I don't know. Uh, Tommy, I don't know that I really need one of those in my house. <laughs> I don't know. That bottom one's a thing of beauty, man. <laughs> yeah, but the top one reminds me of a, a, a bad hair day back in the early 70s. Mike, what, what, tell us what we're looking at. Well, George, we've got something new this year. Um, it, it's it's just been uh, come out this year. You, you probably see, uh, you know, imitations. Um, but uh, there's no substitute for the real thing. This is the, this is the chai pet. And uh, it's now available, uh, limited edition, George Thomas or Tommy Martin. You know, everybody loves a chai pet, so order yours today. I can see those just flying off the shelves. Yeah, it makes a great dessert topping, too. (laughs) You would be surprised and amazed at how many of those crazy gym kits I've sold. (laughs) (laughs) They're just flying off the shelves. They're flying off the shelves, man, I'm telling you. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> I, I was looking at the, just as I was looking again at the clap. I was just thinking I could probably actually build that. <laughs> yeah, you probably and could. The, there, we ran into problems with that one, Peter. And the problem was uh, George would start turning on his rig, you know, like, and then his linear, and then his rig would go off from the first two claps turning on the linear, and. <laughs> It was he got hung in an endless loop, and I had to come out here and and just you know, <laughs> yeah, get, the get him out of the it. get him out of the infinite loop there. Yeah, and, and any time you turn on the TV and like a sporting event was going on, you know, and yeah, it, it just the thing just went crazy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, we have, have to put a little more engineering into that one. Yeah, and the uh, the chai pets. Those were recalled. They were causing salmonella. (laughs) (laughs) But I will say that uh, you cannot have a more or or a better uh, marketing person behind your team than VE3MIC. (laughs) Oh, and and you're so right about that. And and we've got a little more proof coming up later in the episode. Okay. But speaking of marketing, you know, Peter, being a spokesman for the country of Australia, tried to introduce Tommy and myself to Vegemite. And uh, well, well, we I remember we'll, this. We'll just we'll just have to say, uh, he's, well, just, just take a look for yourself. What everyone has been waiting for tonight: Vegemite or die. Everyone but two of us, right? Everyone but two of us, I think you're right. You think we're going to have enough strength to finish the show after we get through with this? I don't know. I've never seen any Vegemite. (laughs) (laughs) Here we go. Vegemite. Yeah, now, you'd be surprised how long that will last because, as I say, you use the stuff very sparingly. That stuff will probably last forever. (laughs) Well, Tommy, why don't you do the honors here? It's heavy. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Trying to decide what it smells like. I'm losing my earbud here. Looks 
All right. So Looks I'm like chocolate. Worth, Tommy, just a dime's worth. I'm going to save half of the toast to wash it down with. <laughs> <laughs> well, note the name Kraft on the, uh, uh, the, the, the jar. In fact, you Americans actually That's own not a Vegemite. dime. <laughs> uh, that'll do. <laughs> that'll do. <laughs> yep. I'm not going to say what it, there to like taste it. what it looks like when you spread it. Uh-huh. Let's see. There you go. So I do have a little bit on there. Is that too thick, Peter? No, no, no. That's fine. Give that a, give that a try. That should this be looks like you can keep your wheel bearings good condition, too. I'm not. I taste butter. You didn't, Chris, you didn't put any on there. <laughs> You need to get a quarter. <laughs> Here, let me break it off where it's, I can get a bit uh, of it. Yeah, it's a, it's not bad. I taste it now, and I don't think there's anything that compares with it that, that I know of. Yeah, it's probably a bit of an acquired taste, but you'd be surprised how many kids have that for breakfast, um, oh. you know, on their toast. It's very, very, very popular. Really? Um yeah, oh, we're t- you're talking a national dish by, here. By people so. that love them? Like mothers give yeah. it to their children? <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> On purpose? It is time for the Vegemite Revenge. Has he already ate all of the grits? I don't know. He's licking his lips No, 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 no. I've prepared it per the instructions, microwaved it. I've used water. Um, you can use apparently milk, half a cup of water with a sachet. Uh, and no, I've never ever tried any of this before. So um, looks like basically a corn porridge. So let's give it a try. And this is grits, by the way, for for you Yankees who may not have tried this. We're fixing to get an opinion from an Australian on good southern it's not grits. Not bad, actually. So which one this did you a, do? The, did you do? This, this is basically this is basically like eating porridge. So mm. so is this it's not the, bad at all? The cheese or the original, or, or what flavor did you choose? Oh, this is the butter. No, the butter. butter. And, okay. Um, yeah, it's not bad at all. Mm. Yeah. Some some Yankees will put sugar on their grits, but that's just yeah. a blasphemy. Yeah, uh, I, I figured he would like them, but I'm a little bit disappointed. It's not much of a revenge. No, it's not a revenge at all. <laughs> he seems to be enjoying it. <laughs> the revenge oh. thing kind of backfired. Yeah, this didn't turn out the way oh. we had hoped. Uh, of course, I love the grits too. I can I can certainly understand him liking them. Yeah, I remember when Peter first uh, sent me an email and told me about the joke he was going to play on y'all with the veggie mite and what he was actually going to put in that jar. <laughs> Actual grease. <laughs> well, I think he must have done it, Jim, because that's what it tasted like. <laughs> that's the real thing. Oh, oh, you never told them that about. The joke? Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't. Oh. Yeah. That's a- <laughs> <laughs> well, we've we've got more to go yet, because there's there's ten years worth, and we're we're only giving you a sample here tonight. Because, <laughs> and aren't you glad? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, hey, oh. stand by. We'll be back in just a moment with some more fun. The fall season kicks off a fun time of the year: contesting. Whether you just jump in for a few hours or plan your week around the weekend strategy. ICOM has you covered. Contesting on a budget? Check out the IC7410, 32-bit floating-point DSP unit, all-mode, SSB, CW-ready, AM, and FM, 
and plus 30 dBm third order intercept point to clearly receive the weakest signals. ICOM's IC7600 has your window to the contest, the Spectrum Scope. LED backlighting on an ultra-wide 5.8-inch display, dual watch on the same band, advanced DSP technology, and three IF roofing filters. For low-power category performance, just drop down the power to meet your low-power requirements with ICOM's IC7700. Spectrum waterfall display on an impressive 7-inch color LCD, audioscope function for AF observation, and direct remote control operation with ICOM's RSBA1 software. And with ICOM's IC7851, when running with the big boys, you'll be leading the pack with all the pile-up braking frequency running tools at your fingertips. 1.2 kHz optimum roofing filter, new local oscillator design with improved phase noise, and several spectrum scope enhancements. Make sure you visit icomamerica.com amateur for more information on ICOM selection of contesting rigs. Even though Peter sent the Vegemite here, we had him back. And he, <laughs> <laughs> and he, he had a nice little device that uh, is used for testing components. And I think this is probably the first time I had seen one of these mm-hmm. myself. But uh, tell us what that was, Peter. Oh, it's a little component tester. Uh, actually, I'll give a little bit of word of warning for anybody who's actually bought this or considering buying it. I actually left it around in my junk box and the uh, uh, the little screen fell off. So it is a little bit delicate, okay? But it wor- it's a terrific little device, relatively inexpensive. And it will, you just plug the component in, and it will tell you what it is. Let's see what we, we get for our trouble. Well, the little card, some packaging, and the item itself. Let's have a look at the board. On the front is a latch into which you insert your components. The advertisement claims that the tester can measure NPN, PNP, bipolar transistors, N-channel and P-channel MOS, FET, JFET, diodes, two diodes, thyristors, and small power unidirectional and bidirectional thyristors, along with resistors and capacitors. It's now time to test the tester. I've added a battery to my tester, and uh, I've gone through my junk box and looked around for a number of components. I found this. This is a 1.5K resistor. You lock it down, press test, get an evil mask, some words, uh, a battery test, and then it tells me that the resistor, it's a resistor, and it's got 14, a resistance of 1496 ohms, which is close enough to 1500 or 1.5k. Anyway, all in all, I think it does what it says it does. Namely, it identifies components and gives you their values. And for, for me, this will be really, really useful because uh, when I'm soldering in resistance, resistors and capacitors, I can just put them into this device and work out what their uh, values are straight away without having to muck around with colour codes uh, or with uh, very, very tiny writing. So uh, for $22, I think this is excellent value and can thoroughly recommend it. One of our viewers, and I, I can't remember who it was now, Saw that and sent us one of yeah, those. Yeah, sure did. So that, that we'd have one too. Yeah, yeah, those are nice of them. There's a whole show I did on this, but here's just a little piece of it. Well, I finally arrived here at ICOM. 
Wasn't too hard to find. There's a big tower up there. Hi, Ray. How you doing today, George? Good to see you. I'm glad you made it through all the infamous uh, Seattle traffic. I did, and it was it was kind of hairy, a little more than we have in Jackson. Well, this is a nice-looking facility here. Why don't you show me around a bit? Be glad to. Come on. N7IH, the home of ICOM America. Let's take a look around. As we step through the front door, we notice there's three operator positions here in the ham shack featuring both current and vintage ICOM gear. This is the historical area of the ICOM facility, and as the word implies, there's a lot of history in here in all these great radios they've made over the years. Let's go back and look at some of the early ones. The historical area covers a lot of things. Some of it has to do with technology. Some has to do with milestones. Others are industry awards. Some of them are sales uh, achievements. But as we're standing here looking, 1964 was the very first product released from Inoue Electric Works Company Limited out of Osaka, Japan. This would be the FDAM-1. 1970, the IC-20, ICOM's first two-meter mobile radio, utilizes crystal-controlled oscillators. There's just too much here for us to talk about. I mean, just so many different products for so many different fields. This is something you really got to see for yourself. Well, what we do is we take uh, customers' requirements of systems, and we assemble them and uh, do all the tuning and alignment, and we provide a complete turnkey package. Technical support has a very varied role here at ICOM America. First of all, as many of the amateurs out there know, we uh, we take emails in our uh, system here, and then we address those as best we can via email. Uh, we also take phone calls directly through our phone queue and answer questions that way. So a lot of the, the daily questions and answers that an amateur radio operator might have, we will deal directly here. We always have to remember that uh, we probably have 1,500 different models of radios that we still answer questions on. Uh, we're not going to be able to keep all of those in here, uh, nor do we still have representative samples of those radios. We just have the ones that are relatively recent and uh, uh, still a, a pretty popular radio as far as questions that, that are asked for, of us. Here's one of our HF techs working on a 756 Pro, one of the early models. While we've got bins and bins of parts, whether they're large parts, chassis, or microscopic parts, this is where they get stored. Overall, I had a great time visiting ICOM America. The facility is modern and well-equipped. The staff members were very friendly and knowledgeable. And I got the feeling that everyone cared about what they were doing and enjoyed it. It looks like these guys do it right. And they've got plenty of radios, too. Y'all just couldn't imagine how many radios there were. I did not get a good shot of that warehouse. That was just one row that we were looking down there, and that was just a fraction of the, wow. the warehouse area. Nice. And I think that was only, I've forgotten how long they told me, that was only maybe two or three months' supply of radio sitting there on the shelf. Wow. wow. Yeah, it, I, I'm probably wrong on those numbers, but it was a ridiculously short period of time for what I thought, you know. It looks like a nice facility. Oh, yeah. It's brand, oh, yeah. brand new, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Well, actually... They are new in it. I think the building was something else previously. Okay. And so they've got a lot of extra room there that they're not using right now, so they got room to grow. Mm. So uh, Nice. Well, excellent. Excellent facility. Though. A lot of nice people there as well. You know, we like to tinker with stuff, and that's kind of what 
amateur logic was from the start is we've always kind of liked to, to tinker in things, you know, while Jim likes to will the torch. <laughs> you know, Tommy and I will, uh, well, we'll all pull out a soldering iron, but, and, and I guess Peter too and you too, we like playing with Arduinos and little micro oh, yeah. controllers. Oh, yeah. One of our favorite mm-hmm. things to do, and we've, We've got a little evidence here of um, some of the projects that we did. The Arduino later. Here's our built-up circuit. We've got a little speaker here, and that's connected to ground on the Arduino, as well as digital pin number 8. We'll be using that pin as an output to drive the speaker. Next, we'll produce a tone. So we've got tone, and then in parentheses, speaker, comma, frequency. We're going to generate a tone, and we're going to produce it on digital line speaker, which if we look back up here, that's going to be pin 8. And the tone will be freak. As we start increasing the frequency, we'll notice on the serial monitor that the frequency is increasing there as well. I want to talk to you today about something that's dear to my heart, and that's the Save the Duino campaign. Every day... Hackers needlessly let the smoke out of their Arduinos. I did it myself working on a project. I ran 13 volts into pin number 2, and I let the smoke out of it. I got to checking around, and I could buy a replacement chip for it. For It's about 5 bucks or so, and uh, this one's already got the bootloader installed on it. Unless you've got a way to burn the bootloader to your chip, go ahead and buy the one with it already on it. It's worth a couple of dollars to have that done for you. And it looks like that should do it. Just snap it in. And now let's check pin 2, which was definitely dead. And it's working. Be kind to your Arduinos, and if you happen to let the smoke out of it, all hope's not lost. Just order yourself another chip and replace it. You're good to go. That was a great segment there. I know that, you know, there's a lot of guys out there crying right now that just the beauty yeah, of it. Well, it, it kind of brought a tear to my eye <laughs> as well. It's uh, near and dear to my heart. So save those Duinos and don't throw them in the trash. I'm ready to take it to the next level now. And rather than use a $24 Arduino Uno for this, I just don't feel good about that because I could be using that Uno for something else. What I'm going to build here is a simple circuit that will always be the same and really doesn't need reprogramming. So I'm going to build what I call Here's the schematic for an Arduino Uno. And you can see there's a fair number of components on there. Not an outstanding number. But there's a lot of these components that we're just not going to need for a scaled-down operation like this. This is an Arduino Uno clone that just has a basic functionality to do the things you'd normally do with an Arduino, but has been stripped down so it only has the components necessary for that. It will not connect to a computer because I've left that out. You can see I've got the ATmega 328P chip with the bootloader installed on it. This is the same chip that the Arduino Uno uses, and that's all there is to our schematic. And now for parts... We'll need an ATmega 328P with a bootloader, a 28-pin dip socket if we don't want to solder the chip directly to the board, and we don't want to do that because we'll be taking the chip in and out if we need to program it, an LM7805 5-volt regulator, a 10K ohm 1-8th watt resistor, a single-pole, single-throw push-button switch, a 16 megahertz crystal, 
two 22 picofarad 10-volt capacitors, two 10 microfarad 16-volt capacitors, one 0.1 microfarad 10-volt capacitor, some type of PC board or perf board or whatever you want to build a circuit on, and some assorted headers and connectors, whatever you want to use for the I.O. pins. So now, how do I get this onto a PC board? I've made boards myself before, and I've also had some made by board houses, but I've never used Express PCB, and I think I'm going to use that for this project. So we'll be talking about that in the future. You know, Tommy and I were talking, um, I don't know, it was, it was about a year ago we were thinking, you know, we're having a lot of fun doing amateur logic, and there's a need for another type of show that's not out there right now, and uh, we think we can we can do it. And why don't we do, get together and do a pilot of it and see how it turns out? Yeah. And I believe I've seen this pilot you speak of. At the end of each month, it's Amateur Logic's Ham College, the new show for those new to the hobby and those wanting to get into amateur radio. Which of the following is a purpose of the amateur radio service as stated in the FCC rules and regulations? That inductor and capacitor form a tuned circuit. That's how you tune the radio to the frequency that you want. The English language. We lived in town. I liked it. I, I listened to mine a lot. It was really cool because you didn't have to have a battery to power yeah. There's our homemade telegraph station. We can use it for long-distance communications. Oh, like, uh, what, three feet yeah, here? across the table. The answer is B. Voltage was named after Italian physicist Alessandro Volta. We can see we're generating a little bit of electricity there. It's DC. It's always great to go back and get a refresher. It well, sure is. A lot of that stuff, if you've been a ham for a while like we have, you, you don't really think about a lot of that stuff that often. They didn't have electric screwdrivers in those days, so that's why we're not using one. That's why we went primitive with it. Yeah. So let's see if we can hear anything when we, uh, we fire off our spark gap transmitter. Well, we didn't build anything or blow up anything today, but... Um, the night's still young. You know, we promised you something good, and it's not like we haven't given you something good already tonight. But we've got... Extra good. Something extra good here. And yes, it's um, it's courtesy of that uh, Mike guy from north of the border. He had a lot to do with this. Now, we did have some help from a couple of celebrities in there as well. Yeah, we did. <laughs> But, uh, you, you know, Christmas is always a special time of year here at Amateur Logic, and we're, we're just glad that this year, or this past year, that we had something that people could take home with them. <laughs> we talked a little earlier about, um, you know, the holiday gift guide and uh, some of the complications there, but you did find something special for us for Christmas this year, didn't you? Yeah, we've put an album collection together. I think you're going to like it, George. Wow, that's a nice-looking collection. This is destined to be a Christmas classic for years. I think so. Tell us a little bit about it, Mike. All the old-time carols. I didn't know too much about them, but, uh, you know, they, uh, they look like they've been around for a while. Uh, <laughs> they do look old, don't they? They do, but, but yet disturbing at the same time. <laughs> it's very disturbing. Tommy and I almost quit doing amateur logic here a while back to take on another career 
I don't know what kind of rap it is. Uh, what what genre you would put that in? It's not it's not gangster rap. It's more like grandpa rap. <laughs> grandpa so, rap. You can judge for yourself. Well, let's take a listen to it. It's beginning to look a lot like a ham shack. Everywhere you go. Yeah, I think I'd stick with the day job. Yeah, but you know, I still get calls from the agent trying to book us for those gigs every now and then, especially this time of year. Oh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Jimmy, ignite the spirit. Um, yeah, uh, Circuit Boards Roasting Over an Open Fire, I think, is his big hit on that album. Wow. Yeah, we don't have a clip of that, unfortunately. It's, uh, I guess it's still being pressed as we speak. Yeah, well, so that's a shame. It's still being mastered, I think. You know, you can almost uh, smell the phenolic right <laughs> right here, can't you? Yeah. Uh, well, uh, we got some more over there, don't we? We do. Oh, boy, now, this is... The king. Well, what can you say about this, Mike? Kind of set it up before we go to it. Oh, Santa Rey. You know, actually, he's been spotted in a lot of Walmart stores lately, and I don't know what the reason is for that, but uh, I'm sure this one's going to be a hit. This one's near to your heart, isn't it? Yeah, it is. And this is this is about somebody's antenna that came down by the squirrels. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> I'll have a blue Christmas without you. I'll have a blue Christmas. <laughs> I need a BB gun for Christmas. That's what I need. <laughs> Ray will probably never speak to us again. <laughs> Jim, you've not seen that, have you? No, that was a new one on me. <laughs> You've got to yeah. go back I and think, watch. Uh, I, I think we're due for a new Christmas album. <laughs> Rock Ray, what do you think? Uh, yeah. I think so, yeah. It could, they're, they're, you know, such great mm-hmm. sellers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, maybe Elvis really is alive. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you could, I mean, you could almost pick out the voice there. Yeah, Ray sounded awesome. Oh. <laughs> I didn't Still, know you could sing. That doesn't sound like Ray to me. Yeah, well, <laughs> people, a lot oh. of people sing different than they sound. Mystery voice. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Jim, seriously, you got to go watch the rest of it. That was only a sampling of, of the album. Oh. There's, there's a lot more where that yeah, came from. Yeah, plenty more where that came from. Yep. Good deal. Well, you know... Radio Shack is about gone now. Yeah. <laughs> what remains was more or less kind of propped up with Sprint stores. Yep. And sad but true. Sad but true. But you know, when they were closing out all those stores, they ran some pretty good sales on some stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, Tommy and I made several trips through there and picked up a lot of things. We've got just, just a, well... For one show, we got together and kind of showed our wares and just kind of, you know, try to give folks an idea of our keen shopping sensibilities <laughs> <laughs> and and how cheap we got stuff. Ah, Radio Shack filed for bankruptcy on February the 5th last week. Yeah, you know, that really saddens me. I, when I was a kid, 
my first memories of Radio Shack. I, I was I delivered newspapers before school, and most of my money I earned from that I spent at Radio Shack. Tell us about the bargains you picked up. Well, we we got some good stuff here. Let me just show you one in particular I got. <clears throat> it's a digital voltometer, of course, Radio Shack brand. And you'll notice I've already put a sticker with my name over the the top of where the Radio Shack logo does, yeah. like like I generally do with my Radio Shack test equipment. Uh, it's got a USB port on it, so you can hook it up to your computer. It comes with software. It's auto-ranging. You know, it's really a, a decent little meter. Now, this one, it, it's one that had been discontinued but was still at the store. At one point, went for around $80.00. I bought that one for four dollars and ninety-eight cents. Oh wow! You got a steal. I did. I, I actually—I literally went twice, and I came out with a grocery-sized bag like this, full each time. I got some good stuff in here, so I don't think I'll have time to go over all of it. But, but this is one of the cool things that I got, and I guess I should have taken it out of the package. Yeah, show us what that is. But it's a—it's uh, an emergency radio, and uh, it does AM/FM and several several different bands. It's solar powered, and if you don't have sun, you can actually crank the thing up and charge it. And there's a a battery in there to reserve the the power that you generate, and there's a USB uh, uh, port on it, so you could even charge your cell phone and flashlight built into it as well. Okay, you need to get to cranking because it wasn't very bright. Yeah, <laughs> I need to get to cranking. It, the battery was flat dead when I got it. I set it out in the sun a little while this afternoon, but uh, it needs to be charged up good. Yeah, I, I wish I would have got one of those. I didn't. I well, didn't notice any last time I was. Yeah, there. and I don't think I said how much I gave for it. Well, I gave much? a grand total of like two dollars and sixty something cents for it. Wow, wow, amazing. Now, well, I got a. Uh, well, I got a bunch of stuff. I brought. I went twice and brought back numerous bags each time, but I did get these. This is a set of Clips earbuds that uh, you would use with your um, iPhone or your iPad or, you know, any uh, portable music player that uses the uh, four-conductor type of cable. Uh, it's, I'm thinking it's got a, yeah, it, uh, it's it got a little control here in the cable for the volume and mute and oh, So you can that. use that one for yeah, like I, a speakerphone type Yeah, I think it's got well. a, a microphone built into it. I really hadn't fooled with it yet. I plugged it in once, and I saw that it worked, and it sounded pretty good. These were originally like ninety nine, ninety five. I bought these for thirteen forty eight. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. There's not been many episodes where three of us did, you know, a technical project and and pulled it together. But April of twenty fifteen was one of those times, and we had some good things that time around. Um, well, here, just look at it. Particularly good show tonight, I think, because. All three segments are are um, really just just right up our alley kind of stuff. Good yeah, projects. Good, good, yeah, good good topics this time. Yeah, so uh, that's good. Every time though, right? It, every time, but particularly this time. Yeah, that's all pretty self-explanatory. But we're going to have a look at this box that I made. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. If you ever wanted to get on D Star and you were concerned about the cost or about how difficult it may be, then this is the show for you. Uh, no more excuses. I got this new toy here from Northwest Digital Radio. It's called the Thumb DV. You, you saw George's DV3000 segment a few months back. Well, this is built on the same Ambi 3000 codec chip, and it, it works fantastic. It really couldn't be any easier to set this thing up and use it. 
Today I'm going to build a new kit called the SkyPi 40. It's a software-defined transmitter for HF, and it's designed for QRP enthusiasts and experimenters who want a modern and versatile software radio created for the Raspberry Pi. And it's good to be back with you again. I've never said that before. but you ha No, you haven't. <laughs> but well, it really is good to be here this time. It is. It, it took a little bit to get here tonight, didn't it? It did. But uh, yes, uh, we're here now and got a good show lined up for you. A particularly good show tonight, I think, because all three segments are are um, really just, just right up our alley kind of stuff. Good yeah, projects. Good, good, yeah, good, good topics this time. Yeah, so uh, that's good. Every time, though, right? It, every time, but particularly this time. Yeah. That's all pretty self-explanatory, but we're going to have a look at this box that I made. Hello, everyone, and welcome once again. If you ever wanted to get on D-Star and you were concerned about the cost or about how difficult it may be, then this is the show for you. Uh, no more excuses. I got this new toy here from Northwest Digital Radio. It's called the Thumb DV. You, you saw George's DV3000 segment a few months back. Well, this is built on the same Ambi 3000 codec chip, and it, it works fantastic. It really couldn't be any easier to set this thing up and use it. Today I'm going to build a new kit called the SkyPi 40. It's a software-defined transmitter for HF, and it's designed for QRP enthusiasts and experimenters who want a modern and versatile software radio created for the Raspberry Pi. I want to apologize, Peter. Something didn't go right in the editing there. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, yes. and welcome Hello. back again. Welcome back and Bye. goodbye. <laughs> I don't know what happened there. Once we got enough viewers out there that we started getting some sponsors, they were able to help us do some things that we couldn't have, have otherwise ever dreamed of being able to do. And one of those was back in May of this year. We streamed Amateur Logic live from the floor of Dayton Hamvention at the ICOM booth. And um, we want to thank ICOM for putting that together and for all the guests who were there and uh, came on and visited with us. As a matter of fact, uh, well, uh, Mike is in the chat room there, and I think uh, 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 Joe Eisenberg, KZ0NED. Yeah, yeah Joe's up, to, up there with, with us. us too. Mm -hmm. yeah. but we had a, a lot of people join us and Boy, had a, a great show there. It was two hours long, sort of like this one is probably going <laughs> to end up being. But uh, really a fun time. And, y you know, when we started this, I, I never would have dreamed that 10 years later that somebody would be sponsoring us to do a live webcast from the Florida Dayton Hamvention. Yeah, from the biggest ham fest in the yeah. world. And people would actually show up and watch it. You know, <laughs> yeah. They did that, too. That, yeah, that's the surprising part, right? Yeah. <laughs> no, really, we we had a fantastic time there, and uh, you know that's I don't know if we'll ever do that again, but who knows? Who, yeah, who yeah. knows? But, but uh, it, it was a big time. They really put on a really nice production. Had a great stage, yeah. lighting the whole bit. Man, it's it was a first fact, class. I think we've still we've got about half a case left. Of this ICOM and Amateur Logic crime scene tape. <laughs> and when we give away this HF station here in a few minutes, why don't we make this one of the consolation prizes? We'll some, send somebody um, 500 feet 
All right. Yeah, that sounds, sounds like a good idea. We're kind of going to be somebody's lucky day. We've only got about 3,000 feet left. So, you know, it's it's going to be a um, in short supply uh, here. Yeah. Well, Ray, we appreciate ICOM hosting Amateur Logic here at Dayton this year. Well, I'm glad you're able to come into my playground this time instead of me coming into Jackson all the time. Yeah, well, I mean, we, we come to Hamvention, but this is the first time we've done a live stream from here, and uh, we're recording this as well, and it'll be a special episode of Amateur Logic. We're planning on going two hours this afternoon if uh, if nobody passes out and the feds don't show yeah. up. But uh, thanks for stopping by, and once again, congratulations here. Everybody, let's hear it for the ham of the year, Tim Duffy, K3LR. Thanks, Tim. Well, here's Simon ZL2FAE. Simon, what brings you to Hamvention? Uh, second time. Uh, first time was just to have a quick look and uh, scout it out. Second time was to drag a few people back. There's about a dozen of us come from New Zealand. And uh, between me and another guy, we talked to a whole lot of them to bring, bring their wives as well. So uh, the wives are happy and the guys are happy. And uh, second year helping out on uh, Ham Nation stand. Well, we really appreciate that. So y'all came halfway around the world to get here then? Yep, yep. It's only 12 hours, though. Uh, yeah. Um, the longest part, you know, getting across to uh, Dayton here has been the uh, day spent in the shopping malls on the way. So uh, the flight was the uh, easy part. Why don't we start thinking about Dayton 2015, but only after tomorrow because we still got another day left. Yeah, we should. It, it is 2015. 2016. 2016. That's next, that's next year. Where have I been for the last 365 days? <laughs> he's, been, he's been hanging with Gordo in California. Uh, okay. <laughs> they all run together. Uh, yeah. You know, after the first uh, oh, nine years or so. Oh, <laughs> uh, well. I, I can't believe uh, when I was in Huntsville, you told me that um, Dayton is 10 times the size of Huntsville. I'm still trying to get my head around that. Oh, yeah. Oh, oh easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Easily. Well. Yeah. You'll, you'll have to come back over and, and come to Dayton one year. Yeah, if you've never been to Dayton, I guess there's nothing else like it. No. They the say scale of it. Wow. Uh, the one in Germany is... Friedrichshaven. Yeah. Yep. Is yeah. pretty doggone good, but I don't think it's quite as big as Dayton. Yeah. yeah. Maybe. Yeah. Dayton will be interesting this year because I think they may be in another location. No, they're not. They've they've confirmed that they're going to be at Harrow. Same. Okay. Same. Yeah. Okay. And I assume that's as long as Harrow is there that that they will be, be the case. Oh, cool. So, well, that's that's our footage collection for the tenth anniversary episode here. Don't go away though because we're fixing to give away that uh, grand prize for the tenth anniversary. And uh, we'll talk about that in just a moment here. But as we mentioned at the first of the show, if you have not watched um, the seventh year anniversary uh, special, there were two shows there. Go back and watch those. They're very much like uh, this show was, except there was a lot more of the earlier stuff in there and a lot Mm -hmm. of the the funny stuff. Yeah. A a whole lot of the funny stuff. And... uh, uh, Jim was wielding a torch in there. <laughs> As he does. Uh, yeah. 
in between I... taking dips in the pool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, but uh, yeah, that that was some really good stuff too. So we appreciate everyone uh, supporting Amateur Logic and uh, those of you who watched the live stream tonight and uh, having a good time over there in the chat room. We appreciate y'all. Yeah, Jim, appreciate you guys for hanging so long with us. We are really glad that you came in to be part of this. So celebration. am I. So am I. It was fun. It has been fun, and uh, yeah, I'm, you guys are really coming up in the world. You got a lot of new equipment. It's a, it's almost a whole new gig. Well, in a way, it's yeah, it's just a progression. It's just a new and improved gig. <laughs> Yeah, I'm got, I see now that I'm going to have to go back and I'm I'm going to have to buy a new uh, digital torch. <laughs> <laughs> I would like to see that. Have to be sure to roll some tape when you yeah, do that. Yeah, you have gonna, to upgrade on my end. Are you going to go for the five volt or the three point three volt? <laughs> oh man, we're going all the way five volts. Five yeah. volts. Just get yourself an arc welder. <laughs> yeah, digital. Digital. Yeah. Going all digital. <laughs> it's time we give away this complete HF base station here that we've been talking about for a few months. They're not going to let us keep it, so we're going to give it <laughs> to one of our best friends here. Uh-huh. Your best friend. We just don't know which one yet, but we're going to find out here in just a second. Okay. <laughs> first, let's go over what we got here. The first thing is the HF radio here. It's the ICOM IC7410. Uh, Tommy and I have talked about this particular radio n a number of times. Oh, yeah. It's it's one that uh, when somebody asked me for a recommendation on a radio, the first one I mentioned, mm -hmm. if they don't give me a specific criteria of what they're looking for, yeah. uh, the, the price on this one, it's not the bottom of the line, but it's far from the top price-wise, but it sounds so much like ICOM's top-of-the-line rigs. The DSP in it came mm -hmm. from the same team. It's really a great sound of radio. I think it, Tommy was really impressed. It, with it is. The audio is fantastic on it. Yep. It's got um, a faster DSP uh, than a lot of rigs have, and it uses the same in-house DSP engineers that ICOM uses for their other rigs. It's got double conversion super heterodyne, uh, three first IF filters in it, a large display. That's a really nice size display. Yeah, I can thing. I can see that display without my glasses. And <laughs> yes, yeah. and one of the things about it that is really nice is on the rear of it. And I don't have a picture of it. I was there, just about to say. There's yeah. a USB connector on there, Jim. That USB <laughs> port. I mean, that is really nice because it gives you uh, audio in and out of the rig. It's like a sound card built into it. So you don't have to have a sound card with your computer to do digital modes or to use it over the Internet. If you want to remotely control this, you just plug that USB in to your computer, run the RSBA, what is it? RSBA1 software, and you've got complete control of the rig, audio and everything off of that one USB connector. You don't have a bunch of cables to hook up to to be able to operate remotely from your laptop. Somebody's about to win it. It's going to go out the door here. Well, not tonight because they're closed. Maybe Monday. <clears throat> what else are we going to give away, George? Well, we're going to have to have a power supply to go with that because the rig operates off 12 volts. 
And Jim's got some information on that. I do. MFJ's Mighty Lights. Very nice. Variable voltage DC power supplies from 9 to 15 volts. Highly regulated. 13.8 volts of DC will get you fired up with your ICOM. And what I like best about it, great big meters on the front will never leave you in any kind of doubt where you stand. If you're like me, unfortunately, I get in a hurry sometimes and I'll wind up binding more things to my one power supply than I probably should and what ham hasn't. So the big red and black binding posts on the front will allow you to do that and still not burn the house down. And it's got 45 amps, so it can handle more than one thing being hooked Exactly. Up. 45 amps gives you plenty of headroom. Yeah. yeah. 45 amps surge, but 40 continuous. Yeah. yeah. Woo and over voltage protection and over current protection. Yeah, that's important as well. And the thing Tommy likes best about it. Lightweight, compact size. And, of course, we're going to need something else to go with that, so going to be an antenna. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah, you got to get on the air with that. So we're going to also, uh, courtesy of MFJ, we're going to have a 40-meter off-center fed dipole. Have you got the info yeah, on Yeah, I do. Thing? This is the MFJ 2010 OCF. It's uh, ultralight. It uh, covers 40, 20, 10, and 6 meters. Handles up to 300 watts uh, PEP uh, sideband CW. Perfect. Uh, low-profile, portable, and QRP operations. The whole thing weighs less than 2 pounds, and it delivers up to 6 dB of gain on 40 meters, 9 on 20, and a whopping 11.5 on 10 and 6 meters. Hard and to beat. This is the antenna that I used for field day this year. Yeah. Th yeah. This is the exact one that I used. And, uh, you know, Tommy and I have always recommended off-center fed dipoles. I think you've had good luck out of them, too. Oh, yes. My very first ham radio antenna. If you don't have a lot of room to put up a lot of antennas, you, you get a lot of bang for your buck in a, in a relatively Absolutely. small amount of space with that. Absolutely. And, of course, we're going to need to be able to connect that up to the rig. So MFJ is also going to give us 100 foot of their MFJ coax to complete the package. That ought to pretty much round out the whole kit, right? Pretty much round out everything you need to get on the air That's because right. the rig has an auto tuner built in it already. Absolutely. So you're set to go. We're using random.org. I've entered in the number of entries that we had to the contest. All these entries were um, at contest2015 at amateurlogic.tv. That's where people went and registered. And it's time to draw. So I'm going to hit the generate button here. It looks like the lucky winner is going to be entry number 1030. All right. So let's... I've won! I've won! No, no. <laughs> I don't think you have, Peter. <laughs> and the winner is Scott Cross, KB3MKD. He's an extra from La Crosse, Wisconsin. Awesome. Congratulations, Scott. Yeah, congratulations, Scott. We'll be getting in contact with you and uh, arranging details to, to get this shipped to you. We appreciate you and everyone else who entered the contest here. And we really appreciate ICOM and MFJ for making this possible. Yeah, and we appreciate everybody else out there for watching us for 10 years. Exactly. 
Uh, I just checked uh, online. Uh, Scott has actually got a Twitter. So uh, everybody, Twitter Scott. <laughs> Tell him he's won. <laughs> Tell him he's won, yeah. 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 Congratulations, Scott. Congratulations, Tommy, Scott. We want to Great give away a couple other things before we go tonight because um, we said that we would, and yep. I think you've got them over there beside you. I what do. do you want to give so away? So let's, let's give away some. Winter's coming on, and Woo-hoo. somebody's going to get cold. So let's yeah. give away this nice lab jacket, lab coat. Whoa, that My is special. nice. Amateur Logic and ICOM. This is, the, this, this is the last one from the show we did in Dayton this year, the, the live broadcast we were talking about. Yep. And somebody's going to win. Woohoo! John Mundy, K4JNM. Is that what that looks like to you? JNM? Yep. 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 Nancy Mike. From Cummings, Georgia. And he's an extra as well. So, congratulations, John. We'll be getting in touch with you. You got one more thing over there to give away, don't you? We got some crime scene tape. ICOM and Amateur Logic crime scene tape. Crime scene tape's really not a good name for it, but... uh. (laughs) Our winner, Charles Whitman, KV4KS. And I think he goes by Monty. KV4KS? KV4KS. And his name is Charles what? Charles Monty Whitman from Ruston, Virginia. We found one other video. We did. Before we go. And I'm Peter. Well, howdy, guys. Well, hi, Peter. Fancy meeting you here. Peter, nice to meet you finally. It's an absolute pleasure to be here, to meet you, and uh, to meet everybody down here in uh, Alabama. And to answer the question, yes, Peter has a a full body to go with from here up. I do actually. I'm not just a box. It's not just a floating head. <laughs> How was the trip? Uh, long, 15 and a half hours from Sydney to uh, to Dallas, and uh, uh, then an extra hour from uh, Melbourne to Sydney, and also from uh, Dallas to, uh, to Huntsville. So it's been a long trip, but definitely worthwhile. Well, we're glad you made the trip. That's an yeah, incredible... It was, uh, it was great coming over there and uh, meeting you guys, meeting all the, all the people that came up and said hello to me at uh, Huntsville, and... Uh, yeah, it was a great trip, uh, not just for going to Huntsville, but I went right around the world, and uh, those that uh, have gone to my Facebook page uh, will see all the photos that I took, which were over 2,000, so quite an amazing wow. trip. Wow, yeah, big times. Well, we appreciate everyone who's uh, stuck with us 10 years, and, and also Absolutely. those who just found the show in the last couple of months. Yeah, you know. and, and the sponsors that have helped us stay on and the sponsors. so long, because... Uh, yeah. It was getting kind of expensive, and without those, we might not yeah. be here. Well, and we certainly wouldn't have done a lot of the, yeah. the special uh, shows and from locations that uh, we probably couldn't have got to otherwise. So, no doubt. Jim, we appreciate you being here Likewise. for the 10th. And well, yeah, that's great to see you. Come back and do it again, man. People have been asking, where is Jim? What is Jim doing? <laughs> so and Now you know. Now you know. He's been buried up yep. in the computer. Yep. Trying to get a little software project or two off. Yeah. Ah, if you're interested, you can go out to Host Signals with a Z. Spell that. Host Signals, but ends in a Z, not an S, dot com. And, and you'll get a little idea of what, I, what I've been doing. Just 
just a little moonshot project. Cool. Everybody's got to have a moonshot project. Absolutely. Yeah. And it seemed like your timing on this one was just kind of... Uh, <laughs> Yeah. Slightly, uh, yeah, yeah, it's kind of like you had some inside information. Yeah, well, yeah, well, yeah. maybe. Maybe, maybe. All right. Thanks, everyone, for joining us. 73, everybody. We'll see you next time. 73. Yeah. 73. floor and pick that microphone up and <laughs> do you think hang it back on your shirt <laughs> my goodness it has fallen <laughs> oh, you're right there were some jokes in the chat room while we were watching um, that message there from icom we can't really bring them up here but we enjoyed, enjoyed reading them <laughs> yeah in our travels I went to. You sure? <laughs> yeah, I can't remember the name of the town now. Let me just say I had a good time there. And a really, <laughs> the best a you remember. Really good time. Well, I was hanging with Ray Novak. What do y'all expect? <laughs> <laughs> it's time we give away these. <clears throat> yeah. And this is how we do it a lot of times. <laughs> <laughs> I just wanted to kind of, you know, keep with tradition. Keep with tradition, yeah. yeah. This is just how we did it a lot of times. In honor yeah. of me being on the show, exactly. of course. Yeah. Exactly.